Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, Northbank, Saxon Jackson. I'm Tamau. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 24. And Nasdaq Futures down 88. This is after a, a spectacular <clears throat> turn down in the market yesterday with the uh, Fed announcement and, and subsequent news conference, which uh, sort of blew the market up. Uh, make that not sort of. It actually did blow the market up. So we had a S&P's ended up down about a hundred. They were up forty after the uh, the actual announcement. And then uh, let's just say they spun around. Do we have Mr. Lou? I rate you five by five. How me? What's up? How are you? Yeah, you're doing good. What uh, we have uh, stuff to talk about. Hey, I I just have heard bits and pieces of the Michigan Michigan State fight. What was that all about? I, I was watching just parts of that game. I kept switching back and forth, so I didn't, I didn't catch the skinny on that. But it's, it seems like it's something that's growing, not going away. No, it. Um, well, we can we can lead with our sports segment then. Uh, after the game, in the in the tunnel, the the uh, unlike some places, uh, both teams use the same tunnel at uh, at Michigan. Same thing in Notre and Dame. Same thing in Notre Dame. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was that way at Air Force too. I mean, we, we but, but we never came out at the same time, and and so or went in at the same time, and so two Michigan players were were in the in the tunnel, and a bunch of Michigan State guys attacked them, and and I mean, when I say attacked, I mean beat them, kicked them, hit them with the, one of the guys had his helmet, one of the State players had his helmet off holding it by the face mask and was bashing uh, was bashing one of the state players and the state players are if I'm looking at the at the video uh, look like they are not in pads they look like they've been in their locker room ditched their pads but they're wearing jerseys anyway they, they get attacked by these guys Michigan State has suspended I believe a total of eight players but uh, uh, the the Michigan you know the Michigan coach was obviously apoplectic and my understanding is that at least one of the one of the assaulted football players I mean this was not a this was not a you know couple of punches thing this was a feet hands football helmets you know four or five guys you know on one guy pounding on him it looked like you know something you'd see on the well it looked like something you'd see on the streets of Chicago every every day around noontime yeah. but um it, I mean, it was a it was a criminal assault, and uh, the Michigan people have have called for police investigation. I know at least one of the guys that got beaten up has retained a lawyer, maybe to file a, a civil lawsuit. But 
but I mean it, it's it's bad, Chief. I mean the video the video is really bad. It it looks it looks exactly like the you know gang type assaults you see on people on the street. Um, did you? I don't know how the hell I managed to. Uh... The the other the other weird thing about it, I did, and I don't know where the coaches were, but you know with the size of staffs that they have on college football teams, I would have expected somebody there, you know, right there. There are some guys who are obviously not players there, but there's nobody jumping into the middle of this trying to break this thing up. It's the only way this breaks up is these guys these guys manage to get away. Um, I'm not going to put this in as anything sort of mitigating or defensible, because I don't think it is, but I was, I don't know what, what, what caused me, I don't, I don't know what I was watching a little bit, uh, Right before the game, evidently, last year Michigan thought they were having a really good year, which they ended up having a good year because they ended up beating Ohio State. They went to Michigan State and they lost in where else is it? East Lansing, and they were pretty much outraged they lost there. It's always been a pretty tough rivalry. So for some reason, before the game, there were uh, with everybody now getting their likeness out there. I see Mr. Blonde-haired quarterback and a bunch of other people essentially tweeting out and being seen in ads where no matter what the score, we're not going to let up on these guys. We're going to embarrass them. We're going to do this and that. I'm, I'm watching this stuff, and I'm going, this is incredibly inappropriate before the game. Now, I'm not, that, doesn't, that does not excuse at all, but there was a lead-up to this, and I don't know if they were the same so, guys. So were, the, were, this, were, they, were they doing this on, on Twitter? Um, doing I remember this, see, were they doing yeah. it on, like, commercials? What were uh, they doing? You know what, I'm not... I, the, the one guy, the quarterback, Mr. Curly Blonde here, he was there. We're not going to stop scoring. We're, we're out to embarrass them after last year. This is not just winning a football game if the score is... And one of the coaches was saying the same thing, I think. That this Why is, on earth would you, give, would you give your opponent that kind of bulletin board material? Because everybody wants their face out there now, Lou. It's, it's, this is the new world we're in. I, I don't understand it, never will. The thought of me doing that... So before a softball game or a basketball game or a handball game, I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, well, well, I mean, I mean, I, I understand the, I understand that the, uh, the, you know, the idiotic taunting and all that other stuff, and and why you want to, you know, why you, you clamp down on that during the game. I, I've, I've never thought that that any any coach would with a brain would allow something like like his his players in advance of the game to engage in taunting that is only going to ramp up you know the other side and give the other side an emotional an emotional I'm not, not going to say for sure it was hard but one of the coaches was the same way though we're, we're not going to let off the gas we're going to we're going to embarrass them or something along those lines well what what happened in that in that tunnel was not I mean, it, it didn't look it didn't look like anything other than a mob. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, attacking I, attacking these two guys. I'm saying when this stuff and, happens, uh, there's always something. The, the Michigan before. players, the Michigan players were all you know in full uniform. They had their helmets on. They had their, you know they all had their pads on. Looked, looked like they just they just come off you know the field. They had not made it to their locker room, and I don't have any idea what what was what precipitated it, but it was it looked like a a total. Um, you know, mob assault on these on these two kids, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I 
this is the kind of thing for which criminal charges get well, so the, the Michigan, right. and civil civil charges are right, so the Michigan State guys as well. Right, give us the sequence. The Michigan State guys left the field first, I assume, because the Michigan people were saying, you know, waving to their fans and stuff. They went to the locker room and came out and attacked a couple of guys, or they never they just they never went in or what? I, I don't I don't know the exact timing. As I said, the guys they were attacking were not in pads. They had jerseys on, but were not in pads. And I don't I don't you know at least not in shoulder pads from the video that I saw. So they so I was, they, they I was wondering I was wondering if it was if it was a couple of guys who either were not suited up all the way or or were in on you know out, out for injury or or something else. Who, who happened to come into the tunnel when the Michigan State players were still in there? And, uh, it sounds and, like they were guys that were. Attacked. Sounds like they were guys that either got hurt during the game and had their shoulder pads off or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. They may have been. You know, I, again, I couldn't get a good look at, at whether they were wearing pa- uh, pants with pads in them or not. They may have been guys who just dressed, who didn't dress for the game, but wore their jerseys on the sidelines. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. But but the the video of it is really bad, and yeah. a, a black eye a black eye for football and and this this goes this goes right back to the you know this is a violent game and people get people's emotions go way up on game day and, and coming off the field but this is you know this is exactly the kind of stuff that as a coach you you have to you have to control and and. I don't. I don't understand. I, I don't understand what these guys thought they were doing, except other except other than acting like you know, acting like thugs. That's what it looked like. What uh, is, is sort of a is reminiscent of the when the Irish would play Miami. There'd always be some sort of where Miami wanted to charge him on the field before the game, and uh, you know that kind of stuff. And oh yeah, the stomping on the the stomping on the logo, and the, you know. Whatever, disrespecting yeah. the statues and the what you know in the foyer of the stadium or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff. If you're if you're a coach, you you gotta you gotta put a stop to it. I, as an aside, an anecdote. I mean, you know, one of the way we when I was playing at Air Force, we we rarely intimidated every anybody because of our our size and lack of athleticism, but. Um, when we came out onto the field, we were not at that stage. We were not afraid to advertise that we were a military academy, and so we had a guy with an M60 machine gun, obviously loaded with blanks, and he would he would be in 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 uniform with this M60. And as we came out onto the field, he'd hose off about fifty or sixty rounds, you know, in full auto, you know, pop 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 pop, and I. I played. We played against Notre Dame there uh, twice, and I, I remember one of my father's offensive linemen, a guy named Dave Huffman, who was a brilliant uh, tackle, really a smart guy, one of my father's favorite players. He was killed in an auto accident um, after, I believe, after he left football. Um, but anyway, Dave, Dave was talking to me at at some event and said you know we were in the we were in the tunnel getting ready to come out and and you guys go out first and and we heard this machine gun going off and everybody kind of looked around and went so so what are we getting into here <laughs> 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 it's 
served to it served to kind of damp down or tamp down any of the any of the at least direct aggression. Now, then they went out on the football field and destroyed us. But um, what the? I, I don't. I mean, I mean, the liability for for what happened at Michigan State could 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 really be serious for for the program and for those kids. Well, I don't see how guys in uniform, like you say, with the gazillion coaches they oh, have. And by the way, and by the way, Chief, this this is one of these things that gives lie to this this whole stupid NIL analysis of these kids as employees. They're not employees, and and if they were employees and they did something like this, your the company would say, hey. This is not part of their job duties, and we're not responsible for the fact that these guys get into a fight like this. Well, I don't want to go into um, this today because the, we have stuff. University's going to have a tougher time. I don't want to go into this today, but it's because uh, it's a it's a long discussion, and I what the Supreme Court did, and and actually regarding either side of whether or not you know the Roe versus Wade thing or something, or this or this thing they're about to overturn with the affirmative action. I, th- I think there's this thing called, you know, legal precedent. There's also a thing of, of like, common sense and seeing where this all is going to go. And uh, this idea, what they did with the uh, the likeness and all this kind of stuff, I think the absolute worst thing is going to happen in college football, that, not, not, that people are going to be employees getting a check, but not from the yeah. university, but not from the university, which is, the to me, the worst of all worlds. Well, that, that's where it's headed, and we had that. We'll, ha- yeah. we'll have this long discussion some other time. But we yeah. did talk about that USC yeah. uh, situation, where where, you, the, where the college sets up a separate corporate entity to manage NIL disbursements, and it was immediately attacked and then supplemented by a group of very wealthy USC grads who said, "You know, we don't want our money going to the swim team." Yeah. We want our money going to the football team because that's what we go. Well, and it's watch. there's going to be some similarity, and I'll do some research. Actually, we'll we'll ask Kevin because he always knows all this stuff. Uh, it's got to be somewhat similar to what Brady Quinn's trying to pull off at Notre Dame. Oh, right. Absolutely, yeah. But I, and, and there's no and there's no regulation. I mean, the NCAA no. is has they're going to have to figure out something. But I think they're waiting for Congress to to come in. Well, I think so. It's, I but I mean, it, 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 once you start doing that, though, I mean, you're you're going to say that, that you know the uh, you know, PTI Securities can can hire a quarterback for hundred grand a year, and oh, by the way, you're going to go play for Notre Dame. You know, I mean, it, absolutely. It's, that's not what. You, but I, I, real quick, I don't know if you know if you if, you, if you're not on this, just let me know because we got other stuff. But what is the, what is the deal with this? Uh, the Nets and and this Nash and this Kyrie Irving, and now they're hiring the the suspended coach from Boston. What in God's name is going on there? You have any idea? I, I really don't. I mean, I know what's going on with Irving. He he generated or, or tweeted out, and, and man, if I if I was a pro sports organization, I'd figure out some way to ban my guys from Twitter. Oh, but yeah, Irving yeah. Irving tweeted out or Instagrammed out support for Kanye West, uh, who has taken a, a basically a, a an anti-Semitic position with respect to a number of things that have happened to him, basically blaming, you know, the misfortune in his life on the Jews. And and Irving Sounds familiar. tweeted out support. Tweeted out yeah, oh no. I mean it was it West is there's something wrong with him. Uh but but uh, you know, Irving tweeted out support for this. Well there's something wrong with him. 
and it's <laughs> and it's caused a, yeah, and it's caused a it's caused a firestorm. And I mean, if you listen to if you listen to some of the East Coast sports shows, I mean, I listen to Kornheiser's podcast, Tony Kornheiser's podcast, and he he follows New York sports very closely. He's a New Yorker, and and he he just said the guy is the guy is just toxic. Well, then they so, they fire I Nash. I don't know about the coach, the the Boston coach hiring. I, I I know that they are they are desperate to try to get somebody in there to get that group into some kind of cohesive shape. But, but you know that with basketball teams, it, it the the impact the impact of a bad actor, especially a very talented bad actor, on a basketball team is ten times worse than it is in football. Well, I'm going to go out on my with my attorney with me here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say. I, I mean, I don't really have an issue with the uh, the, the, the players in the sports getting a, a reasonable percentage of what the league makes, okay? But somehow or another, this NBA, with the few teams they have, there's not, you know, 30 or whatever, and the few players on the team, and the amount of money they're, they're jamming into them from oh, China and these other places with these sponsorships, the fact that you like have to pay these guys ten million a year just to, just to get up to the forty some percent because there's only twelve of them on the team versus you know sixty in football, uh, you got an awful lot of really weird people making an awful lot of money, and 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 they, and they have to almost by definition. Now I don't want the, that going lower because I really don't want the owners making much more either. But it, it's astounding that the, that the revenue. I mean, the revenue is nothing like football, but if you look at twelve players versus. Sixty. It's it's got to be one. The, the player, the NBA. I think the NBA is the highlight, most highly compensated. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, they, they have to. Sports. Be. I mean, by definition, because they because they get a bigger piece. They're guaranteed. What is it? Forty two, forty eight percent of the of the gross, or some number. I mean, it's a it, their contract. But anyway, this this Irving guy is a disaster. It has been all during COVID. You know, you know, whatever whole thing. And I, although I'm not really upset that he didn't take a shot, I mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't think that was crazy. It wasn't well, at him. least, at least he had a, at least he had a viable reason for doing yeah. that. Yeah. Well, he, he, I don't know if he even knew what the reason was, but, but whatever, <laughs> you know. But uh, so now he's into this thing, and now they fire Nash because they said he couldn't control him. Well, who, who the hell is going to control him? He makes ten times more than Nash. Well, that and and this goes back, and again, I don't want to run down this rabbit hole too far. This goes back to something you and I have talked about. We talked about this 15 years ago. 10 now. What was it? 10? 10 years ago. I haven't been on the show 15 years. Um, We talked about this like 10 years ago. The fact that one of the major differences between the NFL and and, and MLB and and the NBA is that in the NBA, the players run the league. and, and And their agents and players run the league, at least at this stage. They will run. You, you can get coaches fired. You can get GMs fired. You you can you know damage franchises beyond repair. Uh, the league the league knows it, and they they will not take the steps to rein these guys in. And and this you know, instead they fire they fire the management team. Well, and so if you bring if you bring a Kyrie Irving in, <clears throat> you know your fan base demands that Kyrie you know gets to play. And and if you can't get a guy in there who can get Kyrie to play, then then you're you, know, you fire that you fire that manager. Well, and I, I mean I think I think it's I think it's outrageous, but but it's been that way it's been that way since Showtime. Well, the, the local watering hole, the Triple Tap, is a serious Boston bar. So of course, for the more so the you know, the, the Celtics and the Bruins, so there, there's people, the Bruins, everybody's all lined up in their jerseys. People will come 
after work and go in the lady or men's room and come out with the jersey on. They have it in their bag when they go to work, right? But anyway, so it's it's kind of weird. But uh, Boston's first game there, right? I was trying to watch one of the baseball games, and of course all the TVs are part of the, the Celtics. And they got the interim coach out there. So I go, how the hell's, how's the guy an interim coach on day one? Well, the other guy's and, and suspended for, what, sexual harassment or something? Well, he was he was supposedly having a relationship with uh, a female subordinate in the staff, and and they they pulled the trigger on him. Uh, I, I I I thought that was an un, you know an unreasonable response. The, the suspension, the indefinite suspension. I mean, I mean, they need to fire him and and just cut it loose. If, if the violation is so ser- serious that you put the guy on indefinite suspension. What does indefinite suspension then, mean? Pardon me? What does that even mean? It means it means you don't have a job and we're not paying you. Forever. Forever. Well until we figure out what's going on. I, I don't I don't understand it. If if they know enough to put somebody on indefinite suspension, then then at some point within that immediate time frame of, of the, that decision a, a vertebrate, a, a basic, you know, some of their management lawyers should be sitting down with them and saying, "You don't want this guy hanging around. If it's this serious, get rid of him." Well, Let's okay, so now, else. so if, if whatever it is, if it's that serious, again, I'm just, you know, more about this than moi. Somehow or another, this has to be reported or something to the league. Now, whether the league sticks their nose in it or not, I don't know. I would never have dreamed you could knock me over a feather. When the, when the Nets can just go hire the guy and have him on the bench like the next day. Yeah, I, I, I don't... My, my impression is that this is something that the, that the league is not involved in, that this is a team issue. The teams get to hire, you know, the teams get to hire whomever they want, and, and if this guy had a problem with the Boston organization, uh, and he did, then... then you know, the New York organization wants to hire him. That you know, I think the NBA says, "Well, okay, that's well, your that's your call." I mean, it, it, as long as he's not, you, you know, attacking well, Black Lives Matter or, or some other very sensitive subject that the league supports, then then you can you can go ahead. And well, bring I think him in. I think the relationship was consensual with an adult, just somebody in the organization. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah I know it was. It, it 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 usually it usually is. It only it only becomes non consensual when when one side figures out there's some money to be made. Yeah, well, it's it it, 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 it are we like it's it's so bizarre. I mean, I, we got to go to break here, but this, this society. I read some some something once years and years ago. Of course, I threw it out. I said nobody's more screwed up than Americans because we're half Puritan, and you're never supposed to have sex or anything like that, and yet we have the the most incredible. Of businesses that sell people stuff to smell good, look good, <laughs> and 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 the dating game is probably the most uh, highly uh, financially motivated thing in the world, in, in this, or in this country. So you're supposed to you're supposed to constantly be looking good, smelling good, going out, be looking for the opposite sex, but then you're never supposed to find anybody. It's like, I mean, well, you're not you're not supposed to find anybody at work. I mean, that's that's the that's the big issue. I mean, I, I, I'm an employment lawyer. You know, I, I mean, probably forty percent, forty percent of the cases that I handle or handled uh, dealt with uh, 
male female or romantic relationships at work and and when you spend <clears throat> eight to twelve hours a day especially in, in some of these you know cubicle jobs uh, you're spending more time at work than you are with your spouse and you know people that I, we talked about this one time about the concept of of a work husband or a work wife yeah, yeah. some member of the opposite some member of the opposite sex that you 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 know affiliated with closely over the course of your work time and 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 almost exclusively and then when you went home you went home to your you know your real the uh, partner the lady who uh yeah, we, the, the guy we, who's a treasurer ignore that we ignore that at our peril the the guy who was a treasurer of pullman uh john kelly one of the nicest guys what a character uh but he his uh his assistant was evelyn and she was from the south side bold took the archer express in she told me that one day she 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 loved me. She goes, one day she comes in. She goes, you know, Kelly when he was like twenty eight, dragged her out of the typing pool when she was like twenty two, and she's married and so is he. Don't never never any kind of like that happened. She goes, I've been I've I think I've spent two to three times more hours with Kelly in my life than I have my husband. <laughs> but they were they were straight as an arrow, you know. But she goes. It, it, I mean, they, you, one of them couldn't even talk before the other knew exactly what they meant. It was, it was something that if you saw it, you wouldn't believe it. But then the other side, though, Lou, I, w- I was 25 years old at a couple of jobs with another bunch of 25 to 30-year-old people, and there's 25 to 30-year-old women that you're with all day. How the hell does, them, does somebody not get attached? Those are the people you meet. They do. You, you do. And as long yeah, as they do. And, 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 you throw, and then you throw the power dynamic on top of that. Well, we never had that. Where you've got... Kinda, we never had yeah, that. You've got the natural attract. You got the natural attraction to the to the guy who's in charge. Well, no, we yeah, we we never had that. It was all the younger people stayed with themselves, and nobody ever messed around with anybody who was older that I knew of. I mean, uh, it was just you wouldn't was, know. You know, you wouldn't know about it. No, but I mean, it's like a law firm hiring, you know, fifteen interns for the summer, half men and half women. Well, how does somebody there not have a date? Unless <laughs> unless you got a really odd, but they're all interns. So I mean. You're, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, those interactions do happen, but trust me, as a guy who ran ran the summer program for for law interns for a while, the biggest issue I I had was not interactions between the the summer associates. It was the interactions between the summer associates and and the regular attorneys or partners. Yeah, I, I never I never ran into that thankfully. So anyway, SP futures down twenty six, Nasdaq futures down a hundred. This is uh, this is bad compared to when we started the uh, the the. A news conference yesterday from uh, Jerome Powell. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. 
a longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right here, right now, right now. Welcome back to Station Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 26. Nasdaq Futures down 98. This is after a huge down move yesterday after the Fed uh, news conference. Not even really the announcement, but the news conference. Dow's down 165. Individual stocks have got McDonald's down $1.92. Microsoft down a buck. Everything's kind of down. The two ups are. Intel and Janssen and Janssen, they're up a penny, so I don't know if that's too far up. Over in Europe, we've got DAX, now these guys were up yesterday a little bit. Uh, one, down 145, 1.1%. you down 51.7, CAC around down 50.8. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 15, let's call it flat. Shanghai down 5.2%. Uh, Hang Seng heading south again, but still above the low. Down 487, that's 3%. But they've been up huge, uh, well... They were down so low, they got to 14, middle 14s, and bounced back up to almost 16. Now they're heading south again, so uh, they're, they're very volatile at a low level. 10-year, um, uh, 0.13, uh, so we're 4.19, so we're heading back up there pretty good with the Fed saying they're, they're not really going to pivot anytime soon. Uh, Bun, same way, up 10 basis points, 2.24. Japan, however, uh, doing their best to say 0.25, and they are. And they're supposedly liquidating... Uh, dollars or liquidating gold or doing everything to, to save their currency and to keep the rate there. Why? I have no idea, but that's their that's their policy and they're sticking to it. Oil down a buck fifty, eighty-eight forty-eight, Brent down a buck forty, ninety-four seventy-six, and natural gas down twenty-one cents, but still a hair over six bucks at six oh five. Our bob down to two sixty-seven. We've got gold down twenty-nine bucks, sixteen twenty is a dollar is again strong. Uh, silver down sixty-eight cents. 
1891. Copper down eight cents, 338. Uh, so my my uh, I'm in continual hope that the gold is going to rally one of these days. I mean, it just keeps getting dashed. Uh, Bitcoin down 109 to 20,173, but still quiet over 20,000. We have the U.S. dollar. We have the euro dollar. Uh, uh, the euro down to 0.97 now, and the pound down to 1.12 after making it to 1.17. So with the interest rates going high here, uh, the dollar remains uh, strong. What do you got for us, traffic weather sports, Andrew? All right. It is uh, 6.35 here in Chicago on Thursday, November 3rd. And over in sports, last night competing for the World Series, the Astros beat the Phillies 5-0. to zero. And over in NFL, tonight we can look forward to the Eagles playing the Texans at 7.15 p.m., and over in NHL, we can look forward to the Blackhawks playing the Kings at 7.30. No, no hitter last night in the World Series. That's right, yeah, yeah, forgot to put that in there. Uh, let's see, uh, going over to weather. Uh, for Chicago, it's going to be a warm today, a warm one today, currently at 53 degrees with a high of 70, 74. And over in Phoenix, it's clear at 61 degrees with a high of 61. Now, over to Chicago traffic, uh, thankfully only one major accident, which is uh, police activity is blocking the right lane of the northbound Edens right before Cicero Avenue. And that's causing about five minutes delay on both sides of the expressway. Now, other than that, traffic is building as it always does on the other expressways. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Well, if you're taking the subway north, the red line, good luck with that as there was a stabbing at Clybourne and you're up on the elevated tracks. All kinds of stuff goes on here in the morning, Lou. Yeah, it, it, it's always it's always exciting in, in Chicago. I, I'm, I'm always sort of amazed that I I didn't, you know, see any craziness when I, I walked out of uh, Union Station down, uh, at uh, Adam Street and came down came down to the to the studio. This year has been uh, it's like triple the amount of murders and stuff downtown than any other year. All of a sudden the yeah, I, the, the thugs have found downtown on the north side. They they are not in their own neighborhood anymore. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, at some point, at some point, they figure out where the you figure out where the money is. Hey, I got a question for you before we get into the heavier stuff. Uh, just the the Fed action yesterday. There was a, a guy, a guy on uh, I'll never get off the south side. A gentleman on CNBC yesterday, and I I had vague recollections of this, Lou. But you know, you some of the stuff passes through your your feeble brain that you just uh, I don't really recall a whole lot of Fed movement in the November meeting before an election. And all of a sudden, some guy comes on TV and he says, hey, you know, I've gone back a real long way, and it seems like the Fed avoids like the plague any sort of a movement in, a November, in their November meeting a week before the election. Now, I'm not saying, you know, what, what they're pushing one side or the other. All of a sudden, these guys come out and make a, a big move and a, a fairly fairly hawkish statement, you know, four days before or five days before, is, you know, I'm not saying they should have done anything different. Well, and, it's, and it's, it's, not, it's not just that, Chief. You had that happen, and then you had the president do a, a speech last night that was just out of control. And, and well, I, I mean, fortunately I mean, did not hear that. I, I, came, down, I came down on Biden... I, and I'm wondering how much of the what's happening with the stock market is a combination. Well, I'm sure most of it is the Fed announcement, but I came down on Biden for his uh, his fascist speech. What was it in August with the red background and the and the you know the Marines standing on either side of him, looking like something out of Nuremberg. But but he sounded he sounded absolutely deranged last night. 
I mean, well, strike that, even more deranged than normal last night. And I just wonder if that's if that's causing a a, a problem as well. Well, that but was that right. was after the market, I, but it was after the market closed. So, so the question the question you raise is, why would this be happening? And you know, given that the Fed is has been firmly in you know whatever administration's in control, firmly in their pocket, why would they do something like this that would look anyway to damage? The prospects for election day for the the party in power, right? Well, I would have uh, I would have bet, and I w- I would have won for like ten minutes, Lou. I would have bet that even if they were going to raise the rates yesterday, that they were going to come out with some dovish statement in dovish language in the statement, and they did exactly that. The, as soon as this, the the announcement came out, and the uh, it came out and said something to the effect where. This is a three-quarter point thing, and we're going to like monitor what we need going forward. It, w- it was definitely a backup on the hawkishness yeah. of the last month. And as soon as Powell came out and started talking, he started talking about, "Ah, oh, don't, don't, like, don't pay any attention to that. We're we're going to stay real hard here as long as we have to, and and we're going to overshoot to the upside. That's 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 less dangerous than overshooting to the downside. Nobody had heard that before. As soon as he said that, everybody went and in, in, in the crap hole. No. Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, no. I so the question the question that I would ask, and I'm not a finance guy, as you know, the question I would ask is what was the point of doing this right before an election and is this some kind of marker for what is going to happen within that those D C power circles in order to or, I mean is this is this the marker that indicates that the uh the, the power structure around Biden has basically turned and said, we don't care about the president anymore. We're not interested in trying to support him for re-election. We're, we're, we're going to move to, we're going to move to damage him. I mean, the New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago trip, at least have already started running some editorials asking about whether the president is, is, you know, fit to serve. George Will, came out, I think in the Post, Washington Post, yesterday, and said that both Biden and Harris should resign, effective immediately, in order to in order to give us a, a valid electoral choice in 2024. I mean, this is some serious, these are some serious attacks on the, on the administration. Well, Lou, Lou, if we I end wonder up, if this is somehow related to that. If we end up with Biden versus Trump again, I don't. You, you could be an aborigine, and we're going to be the laughing stock of aborigine world. I mean, those two people running running for office in this country, for God's sake. Well, I don't. I don't see how. I don't see how Biden can can make it. I mean, he's he's fading, and he's fading. He's fading fast. Which which I'm, I wanted to talk about the Wuhan lab uh, thing yeah, that Kevin that you and Kevin talked about. Well, you know, that's I been... wanna, I'll, I'll leave digress real quickly about how offended I am personally offended that the president keeps referencing the fact that his son died in Iraq and and has has dropped that line over and over and over again and he's using it he's using it as a shield he's using his son's death which was not in Iraq his son's death was not on active duty he's, his son died of, his son died tragically of, of brain cancer which is which is bad enough yeah, but but for this president 
to try to piggyback that into some kind of, oh, look, my family has sacrificed too because I had a son who died on active duty in Iraq. I mean, it, 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 it's crap. It's well, stolen value. I don't, I don't, and, the idea of putting somebody in office is, some, I'll use the term, what did, what did Wayne Manson say? It's not, he's not the first sort of caretaker person you put in after a very tumultuous reign. I mean, he, he put Conrad Ad. Now he had a whole bunch of list of names that did that. But I, the idea, I mean, the de- in my opinion, the Democratic Party has made a huge mistake in not having somebody young, very talented, and and and, and ready to take over in the vice president spot. That's that's the mistake, I think. They they could have had they could have had that, but they restricted themselves. Right. They they restricted themselves to an affirmative action hire. What, which but much like they much like they did on the Supreme Court. Yeah, but which which is okay if you find the right person. But they didn't. Well, but but, but yeah. no. I mean, if you, when I when I say an affirmative action hire, right. I mean that was the criteria. Those were the criteria. Right. But I mean, if, if you're no. gonna if you say that the vice president is is gonna be black, well, that's okay. We could have done a lot better there too. Oh no no no! I'm I'm just yeah. saying that that was they had to be a, it had to be a, a you know a, a minority actually specifically a, an African American woman and and I mean that they didn't pick they didn't pick Harris because she was competent I mean she didn't what she didn't even win a delegate no yeah so in the primaries anyway so let, let me talk let me talk briefly I, I just wanted to note I find that incredibly offensive and 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 Biden ought to be raked over the coals for it. And, and of course, it's not going to happen. But no. I find it incredibly offensive, and I don't think, I don't think it's just the senile well, the ravings just, of a doddering old man. Well, the, the kid had uh, so, the kid had brain cancer, right? I mean, it was even in Iraq. Yeah, no, no, no. He was out of the military when he died. Um, and, and, and I mean, and, and, and <clears throat> Biden, you know, Biden lost his wife. And I think one of his kids in a terrible car accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, in the in the seventies. I mean, I mean, a terrible, terrible event. He's he's twisted that around to his, you know, to his advantage as well. But but this this thing, uh, anyway, I, I find it. Well, it's, as a guy as a guy who served and who had friends killed, and 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 you know, in in, in active service, I I'm not. He ought to be raked over the coals. Well, my my uh, no. my dad did not. Did not die in uh, the service. My uncle did, but he had a. He came back from the South Pacific, a light-skinned Irish guy with a nasty melanoma that they kind of butchered, taken off, and ended up dying of brain cancer, kind of in that same area. That obviously, well, to me, it was the melanoma that didn't take. But I still wouldn't say he died in the war. But I'm, I'm much closer no. to it than, than this guy is. Or try to give that, or try yeah. to give that implication, which is well. But it, but it, 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 so, I mean, so. it one, he, you know, he could have been a lifeguard here and had the same thing, you know. But the fact is, it probably, it, it, is, it, you know. But I'm saying exactly. It's, but I mean, a lot of guys, World War Two, I think, died of war-related stuff that they didn't die by a bullet. No, I mean, but, Vietnam but for were, sure. Vietnam, for God yeah. for sure, with the, with the well, Agent Orange and all the other stuff. Hey, uh, let's talk real this Wuhan thing. I for those of Kevin uh, kicked some stuff around. We talked maybe a little bit about it yesterday, but the, uh, the I, I am so flabbergasted. The, the, the full story is there's a Senate committee. I don't know. I don't know if it's Democrat, Republican, or whatever, but who's running it? But it was a, it was a minority report, so it was a Republican-led committee. Well, so they they hired this guy, or they they assigned this guy who's uh, his, he's he's a he's an expert on basically Chinese uh, leadership speak, for less lack of a better term. 
And uh, they assigned him to go through all the stuff that's public about the Wuhan lab. And, you know, it's stuff that's out there, but nobody can understand it. And so the guy spends, what, a year and a half with a bunch of people going over all these documents, and they find out, that, yeah, there was a big fiasco in the November of November 2019 in the, in the Wuhan lab that went all the way to the top in the Communist Party, and they knew they had a problem. Is, is that the bottom line? But I was just fascinated by the translation, what it actually would say, and what this guy said it would mean. And I, I was especially uh, curious about... If something was written in the margin of the report, how important that was? Did you catch that part, Lou? Yeah, the the, the Chinese the Chinese term is pishi. Yeah, and and if if there is a reference, if there is a reference to pishi in the in the uh, documents and in the in the reports that you know the messages going back and forth between these officials, then then that is a that is a flag to whoever is reading that this is a very serious assertion or a very serious direction from whoever is reviewing the manuscript i i just wanted to i just wanted to follow up on some of the things that i read that article and i've read the i've read the senate the uh, senate report or at least the synopsis of the senate report that came out the 35 page document and i i want to come back to something that that was out there back in in 2020 and and when this thing first started surfacing um and I don't. I, I assume you can find these stories online, but they may have been wiped by now. Probably have. Been. Um, but I want the point I want to make is the idea of this thing uh, of the Wuhan virus originating in a food market is not inconsistent with the idea that it was a lab leak. And the reason I say that is because the Chinese had at least in in 2019 had reported prosecuting technicians from some of their bio labs for selling the experimental animals in the food markets, in the wet markets. In other words, there was already established a pipeline between the lab and the wet market with respect to, to selling these, with respect to the consumption of these animals. And so the idea that it arose in the wet market, okay, fine, that may have been that may have been the initial vector, but it could very easily have resulted from somebody taking lab animals out that they thought they were finished with, and you know because they were they were experimenting on bats and to look for these rare viruses. I know, but I'll push back a hair because there's been no evidence of any animal having this virus. I mean, the, well, the, they were experiment, but no, no, they yeah. were experimenting on them. Right, but um, the, the 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 SARS virus that that came out of someplace. Uh, but chief, I, chief, no, no, you're you're right. It's never been it's never been established that there was an animal right. origin, except that this would not have been this would not have been a widespread animal origin. This would have been the carcass okay. of some bat. Or some pangolin, I, or I, some civet. I think a, that they had infected with the virus one time. I think somebody came that, out. That, I think somebody on two legs came out of the the, the thing infected. Uh, could 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 well be. Uh, and I'm and I'm not discounting. I'm not discounting that either. But the point I'm making, the point I want to make is, the idea that you know the the story that this is a wet market. The Chinese could very well be be telling the the, the truth. This originated in the wet markets. Well, they, they originated in the wet yeah, markets they, because somebody sold right, an but those infected guys, animal. 
that could be to but, the wet market. But I'm, what and I'm saying is, it wasn't, you're not. The, there would not be a zoonotic origin. You wouldn't have. Uh, if that was the case, you only have one animal. It wouldn't be a species right. infected or a group infected. It would be one single animal. Because the, the SARS, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't, didn't they find out that that went from bats to camels to people? Uh, 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 yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, but, but the they found factor was, and you, you hit on it, you, you hit exactly on it like, like two minutes ago, you would have found it in the wild. And, yeah. and every day, and they did, every day we don't find uh, a bat or a civet or whatever with COVID in the wild. Every day that passes where we don't find that is another we, we point traced, in favor of lab origin. We traced, we, the scientists of the world who are actually pretty good at this stuff, they traced that to camels in a couple of months. It didn't take very long at all to track it down. The fact yeah, that you're thinking of yeah, MERS, MERS, uh, MERS, SARS, yeah, MERS, MERS, the Middle Eastern respiratory yeah. virus. Yeah, I mean uh, the fact that the fact they tracked it down. I'm going to say in in a matter of weeks or months. That the fact that it's been years they haven't found this thing. They're not going to find it, because it's not there. It's not there. I, yeah. I, well, chief, you know this. I, I I hate to quote John Stewart, but but you know he had that point. They were doing this kind of you know they say it's a bat virus. They were doing corona gain-of-function research with bats yeah. at Wuhan. They were doing exactly the kind of research on exactly this kind of virus at that lab at exactly the time this outbreak occurred. And the money it's came like, from- as, John, as John Stewart said, oh my gosh, uh, there's this outbreak of chocolatey goodness in Hershey, Pennsylvania. What could be the cause? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, so, the, but the, the the thing that frosts me is I, is is we you know we talk about crime and punishment, and we have, and you talk about stuff that people. I mean, I guess we we'll have to maybe push it off. This idea about these these drug companies paying this huge thing. I this whole idea of crime crime and punishment in this country. I don't I don't know where it, where it, where it's gone, but the idea that that individual individual firms are being made to be policemen. I mean, I know what's happened in our industry. Uh, the uh, but I, the idea that the NSA, from what I've read, from all the stuff that's passed by here, what I've read, the NSA was was basically said no to putting, to giving money to this Wuhan lab because these these scientists are all pretty tight. I mean, it's they, even though they're they're Chinese, and that uh, doesn't mean that the, the Chinese scientists didn't go to school here or talk to people here. But didn't the NSA say we're we're not going to give money for this research because it could go bad? And didn't like North Carolina or Duke or somebody come up with the dough? North Carolina, yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they, but they funneled it. They, they took NIH grants overseen by Dr. Fauci. Yeah, yeah. and and took those took those grants and funneled them to uh, into the research first in North Carolina, and then when it became apparent that the research was likely going to violate U.S. law, that that investment group that was headed by that physician that was close to NIH and I just dumped his name Peter something or other he managed to get these that money diverted and the, the research diverted to Wuhan because the Chinese didn't have any qualms about doing that kind of gain of function research right and 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 that's I mean I mean that was part of the cover-up where, where I think they caught they caught dr. fauci if not outright lying at least dissembling to a to a great degree 
about whether gain-of-function research was being performed with these with this money. And and I mean, if you want to watch an interesting exchange, look up the Rand Paul Fauci back and forth, where where Paul just looked at him and said, "You you guys were doing gain-of-function." And Fauci said, well, it depends what you mean by gain, and it depends what you mean by function. Yeah, well, and maybe uh, it depends what you mean by of. Yeah, maybe how many fat people can dance on the head of a pin. I mean, right? I mean, it's a... Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and, and so, and so the, the, the point, the, the article's point in, in ProPublica I thought was really, was really good, but it, it really is just one more, one more brick in the wall that I think is pretty well assembled, that this thing, this thing is a result of a Chinese accident and, and well, there ought to be some kind of accountability. Well, and it'd be accountability. That we will start. We'll start moving in that direction. I don't think so, but I would hope. But we could easily, on the show, if I, if I ever let it get there, we we could have huge. Well, we don't have that many liberals, but we we could have huge fights between right and left. And one thing that, that, that Carl and, and you and the rest of it, Carl more so than anybody, on the economic side, and I'm starting to do it everywhere else. Look at look at the long term. Nothing changes. This guy Fauci has been there since AIDS, for God's sake. Reagan, all the way down Chief, the line. Chief, Anthony Fauci, when, on, on the anthrax litigation I was involved in, Anthony Fauci swore up and down that that vaccine was licensed when it, when it clearly wasn't, when the federal court found that it wasn't. But, but they, they all lined up behind their, their bureaucratic interests. But it, and no, there was no accountability for that. What I'm saying is, is as we in various... Libraries, coffee shops, bars, and wherever it is, kitchen tables, our, our families are breaking apart, and, pe- and friends are breaking apart over this right and left politics. You gotta back up. I mean, I, this, I argue with this with my people in this in the world. I, I, I agree. We gotta I agree, back up. If you saw the president's address address last night, he, he was as divisive as as you could imagine. He's he's, he's almost as bad as Trump in some ways. Oh, I think he's worse. Well, I mean, whatever. I'm saying the point is he's got neither the, one of them should. He's got the, every time Trump opened his mouth, there were there were 50 mainstream press or, organs attacking him. Nobody, nobody's doing that to Biden. Well, when you say <coughs> well, here, that, that's that's another theme. I I think they're, we need, amping, they're amping it. I think we need some mainstream press where people actually buy the damn newspaper, so that the, the people in there are somewhat independent and actually provide news. We don't have any of that, Lou. It's every every no. one of these organizations has. I mean, I listen to the the, the the people on the left, and they're I can't believe it. Then Audrey's got some channel on from God knows what that's to the right of Fox. I listen to these guys. I don't I don't know what they're talking about. I, it's I don't know. It's it's crazy. Neither neither one of them is is you should, you should, a fourth grader shouldn't listen to it. It's all it all has an agenda to it. It's not news. None of it is. You you, uh, you have to you have to be very very careful and very very selective in what in what you take in, but which is why, by the way, I, I try not to listen or read just interpretations of what people say. I try to listen to them myself. Right. And if you listen to the president last night, I thought you would find it very disturbing. You know, Lou, that's very. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to figure out where my side is, left or right, comes down. <laughs> and it's, you don't even think about what it is, but you got what their what their opinion is. You got to go on that side. That's that's the new rule. I understand. <laughs> Take I'm, care, I'm, buddy. I'm, I'm bad. I'm bad at that. I know. Me, me too. SP Futures down twenty seven. Nasdaq two, down one hundred five. Come back. Talk about the markets, Mister Dan Janitas. What do, we, what do we do about this? We'll be right back. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board, SP Futures. Now 29, NASDAQ futures down 114, looking pretty ugly. So that's about 100 and let's see 129, and another 40 we were up before. So let's say 170 spook points since the uh, the Fed chief started talking. There's only one man that can tell us what's going on here, and that's Mr. Dan Janitas. Dan, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fine. So with that lead in, tell us the world. Oh, you also don't only forget to ask you about municipal bonds, but but we can do that in a bit. Uh, what, what is what is going on here, bud? Well, um, I think the 75 basis points uh, rise uh, yesterday was not a surprise. I think it was built into the market. In fact, I was noticing there was very little talk beforehand. Um, and, you know, as you know, we've seen this nice rally in, you know, in the last six weeks or so. And, uh, and the equity market almost ignoring what we knew was going to happen, you know, with, with this. And almost not, you know... 
paying attention to the Fed's move and the potential implication down the road, um, it was pretty clear to me because I, I listened to him yesterday and also went back through through uh, my notes, and it's really clear to me that they're still stuck on inflation and inflation getting lower. Um, at first, it was you know how quickly they could do it. Now uh, there was there's no change, there's no pivot or anything. People are using the word pivot. It's not a pivot. We are in that stage of the cycle where rates are going higher. It's just how much and how soon. And unless there's, we have a, a CPI report that's coming out next week on the 10th. And unless that is a surprise, meaning a surprise to the upside, meaning that it's a really low number, I would not be surprised if we see another 75 in December. And then maybe after the first in the year, they, they, He'll you know, go down to 50, 25. But the point that he made yesterday that I thought was really important is that we're not planning on pivoting out of this. You know, we're planning on reaching a level that's going to be sustainable at some point down the future. And I didn't get any indication that was going to be at one of the next couple of meetings. So he used a word that I think is more descriptive of the environment we're in. He used a word called entrenched inflation. So before they were using the word transitory, yeah. and uh, we certainly know that it wasn't transitory. If, if anybody who's been at the grocery store recently knows that. Um, so it's it's um, are these new levels that that we as consumers are expected to get used to. Um, I'm not sure about that. I think I think that we have reached higher price points that seem to be sticky, and the longer that obviously that the Fed continues to rate, raise rates, the longer these are going to continue to be issues. So. You know, we're in the early stages of seeing some, you know, um, softening in housing, but it's not that soft yet. And I think the problem is that we still have this money, this lag effect from this money that was pumped into the system over over the last few years. People are still traveling. Um, people are still choosing to work or not work. The labor market continues to remain strong. So even though people view the labor market being strong as a... I don't know how they're viewing it, but the way I'm viewing it is that means more rate hikes. So um, this is, I think, a good time to, again, as we've been saying for the past few months, watch, you know, look at the fact the yields have gone up. So from an investor's point of view, you know, on the two-year, you're now getting uh, 470, 472. On the one-year, um, you're getting more than 476. So the one-year T-bill is actually not a bad investment right now. We're getting pretty close to 5%. And I'll tell you, we'll be at that 5% next month. I think you're, I think um, you're right. Whether we get 50 or 75 basis points. Well, Dan, uh, a few, a lot of stuff, you know, to me, as you know, I've been, well, you, you've, been, you've been on the show a while, but for, really for like more than a decade, I've been telling a sort of the same story that we're not counting these numbers right. We already have inflation. What are these idiots doing? Uh, you know, I, I just—it's been my my theme forever. And, I, and the last thing I wanted to have happen was some sort of a concentration in all these industries. And all of a sudden, now you you pile inflation on top of that. And some of the things I'm seeing are are, are pretty horrific in the sense that where do we go from here? And and I, I, by the way, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, the idea of the younger people—Dan's um, younger than me, but he's not a younger people. Uh, their idea is this is going to be a, a brief moment, and we're going to go back to like one and a half or two. No, we're not. 
we're, no. we're, ne- we're never going back. I mean, I would never is a long time. I mean, I, I shouldn't say. I, I would have said we'd never have inflation again after 78 to 82 because it was so horrible on people. But here we are. And I I just, I don't, I don't, the idea that, uh, like you said, the housing stuff is sticky on the way down because we're short houses. We didn't build anything during COVID. Right. I mean, we have, I mean, these, we have a, a essentially a cartel well cartel implies they're talking to each other well i'll use the term cartel in the auto industry they're real happy to sell less cars at forty-seven thousand than to sell more cars at 35 i mean i mean we have infant formula i mean you name it whatever it is they're just real happy here oil is happy with a bunch of refineries closed but I, i don't i'm i'm real concerned and i don't know what i can do about it because nobody can even talk to it. any administration would give a crap I, I can't, it's one thing, you and I sit there and we go, okay, we, we should be seeing some of these oil prices come down, or gasoline, yet in some spots, the spread between our Bob and what you're paying at the pump is freaking $3. Right. It's supposed to be yeah. 90 cents. I mean, we, we, all of a sudden, there's these pockets of, I mean, what's going on in, in the hospitalization area, 10000 a night, 11000 a night for a room in Chicago in a hospital? Five years ago or ten years ago, it was like four. I mean, with the, this concentration stuff, this money supply, as much as I'm a, I'm a monetarist, that this these pockets of crap uh, call for people to be in jail, <laughs> not not money supply. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, it, it, we got yesterday. I was reading on the show. I don't know if you listen to that. The Biden administration is going to have a big program now to help people out with their utility bills. Your Commonwealth Edison just got another $50 million increase in the state of Illinois. I mean, what, what are we doing? I mean, are, are, right. are, are we this stupid? <laughs> I mean, let's see, Dan. I'm going to steal money from your wife, but I'll give it back to you so you can pay her off and make her happy. Wait, why don't, why don't I just... Exactly. I mean, what are we yeah. doing here? Just, I... I yeah. I, go ahead. No, I... I, I exactly. Um, we're, you know, here in South Florida, we're, we're talking amongst ourselves about, about, you know, insurance and recovery and and you know the, the cost of repairing your roof and how things have been doubled and tripled and the other thing is is also you know in and it's because we have fewer people doing it we have a lot more demand and the other thing that's very interesting is the local grocery store is suddenly hiking prices and i may have been the only person in there cursing <laughs> yeah. the other day but I, from the looks on the faces of, of the people around me it looks like they probably would would have wanted to as well and it's exactly what you're saying is, is just the, the contraction, one of the negative effects of the contractionary environment is that, you know, the companies, and there are some people that end up becoming winners, and they're, and they're saying, hey, I'm not working as much, and I'm getting paid twice as much, and I personally know people who are in that situation. Um, so why not? That's sort of, um, but I do think this is a point where consumers either run out of money and that may not be right now. Or they finally say, hey, I'm not paying that anymore. I'm going to go over here instead. And that is one of the great things about our economy is that there is always room for a new competitor to step in with a product or service um, at a lower price and maybe offer something more. Uh, so where? it may take a while to get there. I don't think we're there yet. All right, wait, 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 um, wait, wait a minute. I mean, we are, I rarely, rarely push back at my buddy Dan. You're right when it comes to a roofing company. You're not right when it comes to an infant formula to be the fifth person in there. You're not right when it becomes a car company. They, they won't let you in any of this stuff. You can't even become a, a securities firm anymore, for God's sake. I mean, it, 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 these, these things are so locked up. 
the, the barriers to entry are really high in a lot yeah. of industries. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, if, if, if you're so heavily regulated. I mean, I'm going to say that the, the cost of regulation of a car now, a new car, is more than the labor. Yeah, and it's, that, yeah, I mean, it'd it, it have to be some, you know, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, you know, somebody who figures out a way of selling used cars at a, at a better price, or, you know, some, um, I, I can't think of, I can't think of what the invention would be, or what the, what the company would be, or what, what their selling point would be, but, uh, yes, and, and this is as a result of this contraction, but I do think people at some point, um, I don't know if I want to use the word rebel, but they just stop buying or they look for alternative products, and that is going to happen. I, I don't think, um, I don't, maybe I, I share a lot of your views, but I don't share as much of a doom and gloom because I think at the end of this, you do have a new environment and you do have uh, people that will eventually push back. Um, right now, nobody, you know, very few people are pushing back on this, although um, the more the more that happens, the more there's a likelihood that things are going to change. Well, we're, we're letting... And it's very likely that we will see a Republican, um, you know, we have midterms next week, so I think those could be good for the market. <clears throat> if we're in a situation where we see um, at least the perception of less regulation in some of these industries that you mentioned, um, there's... Definitely concern, you know, big picture and what's going on in the in the tech sector. We're seeing the slowdown. In fact, I think the tech sector is very represent you know representative of what's happening. Uh, Roku, I think, was down twenty percent. Um, a number of these companies announcing layoffs. So that that's I think it's clear what's happening, and, and it's clear that there has to be some changes on the regulatory side, and has to be some changes that allow businesses to. Um, prosper and to um, to form, <laughs> uh, for that matter, would, and and so I think there it, we will come to a head at some point, and hopefully there'll be a balance, whether it be through. Well, I don't like to think of the political system, but I like to think of individuals who are, are creative and come up with um, well, Dan, I, ways of moving past this. I, I I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm absolutely convinced that this is America. That you could have somebody in. Illinois, Kentucky, Iowa, or someplace. It says, "Look at how many roofs we need down in Florida. Buy three old semis, load them up with roofing materials here, get an office down there, and come down there and put some roofing together." I, I, I think people will move that fast. But we had a, we had a contest on the show. Yeah, but we, we <laughs> yeah, I'm saying they're, they're there. Already there. Yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> look at look at uh, where, I'm going to say where the big money is. I mean, the Republicans are a little better at individual regulations and individual industries. But when it comes to lowering the regulations enough to where you you and I could actually develop a drug and, and market it, that's not going to happen. I mean, there's no way they're going to the Republicans are going to lower enough to where, where where every one of them you don't have to sell your place to Pfizer or Merck to get to get approved. I mean, they're not going to lower them enough to where where all the real money is. That they're not going to lower the barriers entry there that somebody can actually get in. I mean, we had a contest on the show maybe ten years ago. Name five competitive industries, and most people could come up with five. Very few could come up with ten. We come in industries that have. I mean, I'm saying roofing is probably one of them. Saloons, barber shops, you know, uh, farms. Uh, even that, maybe a little less. But nobody cares if a guy does his soybeans or doesn't. He can pout or not pout. Uh, but once you get past, 
I could probably name five or six. I don't know that I can name ten that are real, that aren't just some sort of a, a four industry, four companies in one industry with their nose up the ass of government. We're, most of our society now is a very fascist economic, economic system. I hate to even say that, but it's true, I think. I mean, they, yeah, they, I mean, on a big on a big level, I, I think there's. I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, your point's well taken, but I but I also think you know we're. I mean, being maybe more of an optimist in in terms of looking at opportunities that are that are here. Little looking at you know currently at opportunities that are here. Um, one thing where I will agree with you is is seeing some of the smaller or the microcap companies that that we own, and some of the regulations that they've gone through in general because of their industries but also in terms of just getting listed on a larger exchange and and those types of things do uh, prohibit growth yep. but the smarter companies I think are the ones who, who, who have planned for growth we are in the entirely opposite environment right now we have companies that have grown a lot that are now you know not only, just like you said earlier now what now what happens what's like the next step and what, what can we expect and I do agree with you I don't see things being very rosy in the near term, I really think this is going to continue to the, the economy is going to continue to be squeezed. I think the Fed's going to have to do what it has to do, um, which is more rate hikes. But I, but I think on an investment point of view, looking for opportunity as an investor, you know, higher rates, you know, bonds that we've talked about, some corporate bonds that are now yielding ten percent, that are pretty good stories. You know, maybe it's just a question of from an investment point of view, sort of shifting your gear. Shifting your mindset away from the Roku's and, and maybe yeah. more towards oh, the, you know, the Ford, um, the Ford bonds that we were talking about, or the, you know, what ADT you? or some of these companies that are pretty solid that are that are going to give you a, a very attractive yield and allow you to sleep a little easier. We're getting to that point on the investment side, on the income side, where that starts making a difference. So. My, the, the way I'm looking at this from a positive point of view is that, okay, we're not going to be as involved maybe on some of the tech names or, or maybe we don't want to get bogged down with the Twitters or, or some of the regulation that's going on in the banking industry, but maybe we should be looking at some, some of these bonds that are going to be yielding 9 or 10% and you know stay on the sidelines for a period uh, of time here. What do you think of uh, the, the, the munis fit into this at all? We have, have a couple of people who are asking me this. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I see them with no liquid. Thing about munis, right now, munis trade as, as a percentage of treasury. So when a municipal is trading at, at um, more, you know, let's call it a crossover, when it's trading at the same yield as, you know, a five-year muni trading at the same yield as a five-year treasury bond, then it becomes very attractive for anyone. Where there are opportunities are going to be in certain cities or certain states that have high tax rates, that have bonds that, you know, revenue bonds that were issued that are paying, you know, close to or even maybe a little bit more than the, the, tre- the Treasury rate and have a fair amount of st- stability. So, yes, they do make sense, um, especially for people in higher income brackets. There's still You still get the, um, the discount on the interest rate. And I would say with the municipal bond, if you want to purchase one, try to find a, a bond that's trading around par. So get the full coupon of the bond. You could, you could go over par and get the, uh, you know, what they call a cushion bond. Pay, you know, you know, get a five percent coupon, but have a four percent yield to maturity. But then you just have to understand that the market value of your account is going to, you, you know, you're going to have a little bit of capital depreciation. Well, Danny, so uh, a current a current municipal bond 
Um, it doesn't have to be triple A rated. It could be double A rated, single A rated. The default rates on municipals are so low that it is a good investment, and it definitely is another way of diverse, diversifying your portfolio. Well, Danny, we are getting there. I don't know that we're there from uh, you know looking at the whole nation. I think there's probably a few good ideas, but if you are looking to shelter state and local tax, there are definitely opportunities. Well, Danny, we've we've been able to with with your guidance. To be perfectly blunt, with your guidance, we've been able to find for my people and some of the stuff you do for the people that we both work for, uh, we've been able to find a, a decent corporate bond, I mean, you, better than decent, the ones you found, that have six months, a year, two years, three years left on what may have been a 20-year piece or 10. So we were able to do all the things, basically, you've counseled us to do, which is try and get a decent rate but stay short because the rates are going up, which they are. So all the stuff we've done is correct. I, I just don't know... I mean, uh, we, we've never done anything like this. We've, we've, well, we've done munis, but I don't know that there's that many people that essentially puke out their muni for, with two or three years to go like people do their corporates. I mean, I, they're mostly your insurance company. I, in other words, I'm not sure, so sure how easy it is to pick up the last four years of a 20-year muni. I mean, who's going to sell it to you? A high-quality one, it would be very tough. Because That's what I'm for, saying. For, for the reason that you mentioned, for, for higher-quality high municipal for a municipal that's just been downgraded, but yet still is money good, um, certain insurance companies are, are forced to sell. So say it was trading at a, a single A and it gets downgraded to a triple B. In that downgrade, they are forced, regardless of the outlook for that, um, for the municipality or for that particular um, issue, issuer, regardless of the outlook, that company has to um, sell. So. That's where the inefficiency in the trading comes in. But I also would repeat that right now isn't quite the time to be going long to get the yield on municipals. So I would say, you know, staying short. And, yes, they are hard to find. I've looked in, in a couple cases for a few clients that are in high-income states to see if we can offset some of the, the um, tax. And it's, it's, it's about a break-even. You know, there's not really a lot of, um, you don't have this, they're not exciting right now, but I think there's going to be a time where the actual yield just makes the attractive. Well, and as the, the Fed continues to raise rates, it's going to be more and more attractive. So when you can find a two-year, you know, trading at 5 or 6%, on an after-tax basis, that's pretty attractive. Well, Danny, I mean, my, my skill set, you know, you, know you, you know what all this stuff is, but it's not everybody has their thing they can trade. I mean, my skill set is, is essentially... Uh, Portfolio uh, protection management, those kinds of things. You're, I mean, I, I never even begin to debate you on what you know in these different companies and stuff. What other kind of a skill set would it be to know, you know, it's some, some bond from Corpus Christi, Texas, Texas, a good one or not? There's a, there's a gazillion cities and towns and counties, and, and how, how does anybody keep up with all that? Yeah, some of, the, I mean, there's a certain amount of analysis you do. There's a, an official statement. Um, that comes out when a when a um, an OS they call it, which comes out when a, a, a company issues debt, or 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 it could be a company, or it could be a municipality. Or um, the biggest difference, I think, is to understand who the underlying issuer is. So, if it's the city of Chicago, you may have a certain opinion on, you know, the, you might be closer to the story in terms of knowing what the the um, financial situation is there. And that would hold true pretty much with the municipalities in different parts of the country. So if you're looking at, 
buying a you know local municipality, even if it's a airport bond that was issued for you know let's say one of the the local airports, you would have probably access to not only the same information that investors have, but also some local information to to be able to keep up with um, what's happening. What you want is you just want to make sure, in general, with municipalities that the taxpayers um, that there's enough uh, enough uh, revenue is coming from taxpayers to pay these off. Usually, you have a little bit of an advantage because a lot of municipal um, fund, a lot of municipal bonds are issued with like what they call a sinking fund or with a fund that's set aside with treasuries or something to pay it off when it matures. So, and you pay it off a little bit at a time. So this sort of added layer of protection that you don't get with corporate bonds means you got to look into the structure of that particular municipal bond. And that's what we do. I mean, we look at the structure. You also got to watch the call the call situation with municipals because a lot of them are callable. And again, the same thing we just talked about, you know, if, if you're going to buy, a, you know, a 10 or 15-year or even 20-year municipal bond, you, you have interest rate risk. That doesn't go. Yeah, I had a, a, a occasion. I was with uh, you know a few people who were having a imagine that having an adult beverage and uh and a somebody was was asking me about uh, if you do a municipal bond, you know, should you do just the uh, the revenue bonds? You know what I say? I'm not gonna, we don't have much time, but I, what we, what Dan has been alluding to and what we've been kind of going back and forth, you can get a a city of Chicago bond. All right. And, and take your chances with that. It could be a general obligation bond. It's, right. Sometimes this gets pretty complicated. Or you can buy a, uh, 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 a Chicago water system bond or something like that where, where the bond is actually separate and the revenue from that is supposed to be from people's water bills, which you know usually is considered by a lot of people to be more stable than the city itself. Yeah. Um, but I correct me if I'm wrong. Somewhere in the back of my brain here, didn't when Detroit or some other city went under, wasn't some court, didn't somebody, wasn't somebody able to break that and said, no, wait a minute, we're not, we're not paying everybody 100% on the water stuff while the other guys are getting 40 cents. Didn't they, didn't they end up grouping it all together to where the, the, the revenue bond didn't, it, the, the, the split people thought they had, they didn't really, well, didn't, didn't that happen in Detroit or someplace? Yeah, I'm thinking, I mean, a couple of places where something like that has happened would, would be Detroit. I think Philadelphia, there was something similar. And even Puerto Rico, um, because I actually was involved at one point with Puerto Rico Electric, and we did get the benefit. It was it was a home run <laughs> of an investment because we did get the benefit of the um, municipality. Any of the funding that came in got distributed to us as well. So that it is, in, you know, in a sense, it is a government agency. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, you know, the, the, the electric company there. But like you're saying, you have different revenue streams, and you're really buying two different bonds. But in the case of default, if it really gets that far, usually everyone um, is going to be paid off, or you're going to have a better chance of getting a larger payoff. The, the ones that are different would be if it was a, they call an industrial revenue bond, where it would be a company that just happens to get a, um, okay. a, a tax benefit on, like, say, a project that they're doing in that state. Um, it could be a, a construction company that's building on a, you know, uh, Indian reservation or a casino, you know, a casino or something like that, and the bonds are issued as municipals um, because of the tax benefit. 
and that would be a different situation right. than what you're talking about. But what you're talking about is is, is correct. Yeah, and in the end, there's you, you do have that extra buffer um, as well if you're buying. You might get the extra yield up front, but then you might have the extra buffer on the on the, on, on the far, you know on the other side if if for some reason that it defaults yeah, my, my, or runs into trouble. You, so you have a you have a, uh, one this week. You're looking at. I mean, obviously the rates are going up here. We're we're happy we put the people in the six month T bill and. Because now, next time we do it, we we're going to get more. Uh, I, yes. I, I'm still thinking, you know, real quick. We don't, aren't you surprised when I was talking? I'll, I'll try and tie in my my cons- conspiracy theory about. It. Aren't you sort of stunned that these banks are enough of a cartel that they aren't paying anybody in their, in their checking accounts yet? When, when the rates are seven and a half percent on a mortgage? Yeah, absolutely. And and my other again, sort of just day by day observation is customer services, and actually it hasn't necessarily gotten better either. So I'm not sure what how long these guys are gonna you know be able to get away with this. Um, totally agree with you. And and the, and the kind of good news, Tom, as I'm saying, is that I think people in general, as it becomes a topic that's discussed more, and you have you have a lot more people say that aren't going to go to you know, the larger bank and suddenly say, hey, you know, that local credit union is paying an extra percentage point. And by the way, when I go go in and I have interactions to deal with, they really, they know who I am and they take care yeah. of me. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, that happens eventually. It's not where we are today, but that type of thing will happen eventually if this lack of service, lack of interest, lack of, of um, you know, anything on your deposits um, uh, is isn't there? People are going to, you know, and that's ha- and, and that's a good thing about rates going higher. Banks are going to see that. That'll be the uh, that'll be that'll be something that gets banks. Uh, By the way, I haven't, I haven't totally lost faith in the in the American way. I just think that people put up some pretty serious barriers in some industries. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. I think it's even more. Um, you, it's more noticeable today. Oh yeah, because of being in this contractionary. Um, All right, bud. Take care. So, thank you as usual. Great stuff. Uh, sure. Good luck. So, is your place 100% back together? No. <laughs> Are you it's close? A process here, but but we're getting there. Little you get the, by little. You get the tree out of the pool. The tree is out of the pool. The pool is swimmable now. Because <laughs> I when I was with a couple guys last night, one of their best friends was down in uh, was it Fort Myers Beach that got the worst. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the guy the guy had like two sailboats stacked up in his yard up against his house or something. One of the guys. Does he get to of, keep yeah, and I, does I've he seen get... them on top of cars and on top of buildings, and yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Now, does it, does it become your sailboat? <laughs> it could, <laughs> <laughs> if you want. <laughs> it could, absolutely, yeah. there's another business. <laughs> it's, it's sailboat removal for people with roofs. So there's a business. Dan, take care of yourself. SP Futures down twenty eight, and SP Futures down one hundred five. Come back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, 
food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen, Andrew on the board. The market's not looking any better. NASDAQ futures, or S&P futures down 28, NASDAQ futures down 111. I'm kind of sitting here all morning. Actually, we're up a little last night, but not, not now. Dow futures down 172. Individual stocks. I've got Apple down 262. Apple's given up. It traded under 140. Then went up to over 150 with the. Uh, and the one day they had their earnings, it's given up almost all of that. It's down to 142.41. We've got uh, Caterpillar down a buck 83, giving up a little bit of their gains. Goldman Sachs down 225. Home Depot down 153. So pretty much the only thing that's uh, I've got up here is Procter and Gamble up a buck 88. Is the only thing up really in the Dow. Uh, over in Europe. And the DAX down 176, 1.3%, because these guys are all a little lower than they were last time we did this. Puts it down 45.6%. Kek around down 68, that's 1.1. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 15, call that flat. Shanghai down 5, eh, pretty flat. Hang Seng, however, giving up 3%. They, they had a couple of big rallies the last two days, and now they're giving a lot of that back. Uh, f- down 487 to 15,339. They, they, they had a low, I think, of around 14.4 on maybe Monday morning. Tuesday morning, somewhere in there, but they've bounced back pretty much from that. But uh, today they're giving some of that away. Uh, bonds, big rally in bond, uh, uh, sell-off in bonds, rally in rates. Ten-year uh, up 13 basis points, 4.19. The bond up 12 basis points, 2.26. Japan, Japan miraculously selling enough stuff to maintain theirs. 
at 0.25. Is the why they're doing it? I have no idea. Uh, UK just raised their rate 75 basis points, just like we did. Uh, they're up to 3.51. That's up 11 basis points for those guys. Oil down a buck 88.93. Brent down 92 cents, 95.21. Natural gas down 29 cents, 5.97. Again, back under six bucks. You would you would never have guessed that a year ago. Yet that's the trade. Uh, our bob on change at 269. Uh, gold again getting whack as the dollar keeps getting stronger. Down 26 bucks and as Hal Snar mentioned the other day, Japan appears to be a liquidator. So that's where gold is headed. Down uh, 1623. That's as low as we've seen it in a while. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at maybe, who knows, maybe I'll buy some more down here. Silver down 67 cents, 1891. Copper down 8 cents, 338. Uh, crypto, Bitcoin's down 193. Still hanging a little bit over 20,000, 20,090. We've got the U.S. dollar stronger here. Uh, uh, Euro's down. Uh, 71 basis points. We're back down to 0.97. We had got back to a dollar briefly, and now we're, we're falling off again on the euro. A British pound uh, down 2% to 1.11. So they were, they, they, they bottomed out at 104, made it all the way back to 117, and now we're back to 111. So dollar very strong today. Crazy stuff here. Andrew, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? All right, it is 737 here in Chicago on Thursday, November 3rd. Uh, for sports, last night, uh, MLB. Uh, competing for the World Series, the Astros beat the Phillies 5-0, and in that game, the Astros pitched a combined no-hitter, the second ever in World Series history. And over in NFL, the Eagles, we can look forward to them playing the Texans tonight at 7-15. The other one was a perfect game, Don Larson, way back. Oh, yeah. See, you know you know your history pretty but, well. But he went, he, went, he went all nine innings. Hmm. But, uh... <laughs> Over and over in uh, uh, NHL, uh, the Blackhawks will be playing a home game against the Kings at 7:30. Now, over in weather, uh, Chicago is going to be a warm one today. Currently at 53 with a high of 74, and over in Phoenix, we are currently at 61 degrees with a high of 66 for the day. Now, for Chicago traffic, uh, we thankfully only have one major accident, uh, which that accident is blocking the left lane of the northbound Tri-State uh, before I-290. And otherwise, no major accidents, but traffic is definitely in the red today, so expect very heavy delays of entering downtown, and probably some if you're leaving as well. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Do we have Mr. Flanagan? Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm glad to see you weren't involved in the stabbing on North and Clybourne. Yeah, I've been lucky in my life so far, I would say, Tom. Just a few <laughs> few run-ins with yeah. various people, but yeah, knock on wood. So you're not hanging around the Norfolk Clybourne stop at 5 in the morning, you know? No, and a lot of other places, too. I, I know where I'm at at 5 in the morning always. <laughs> the, uh, all kinds of stuff. We've been talking about crazy stuff the last few days. You've seen us emailing crazy stuff back and forth. And uh, the uh, this this thing with the, uh, we'll probably talk about it more with Lou next week, but this settlement with these drug companies regarding these prescription drug things. I, uh, as you know, I have a, being in the, in the industry I'm in, you know, a very regulated industry, which really bothers the living Jesus out of me, stuff these people come up with, it's like having a bunch of 30-year-old kids running around pestering people. I mean, I know there's more to it than that, but I, I just wonder what, when you have the Pfizer's of the world and those people, and I'm not so sure they're into oxycodone that much, but some people are into it. Some of it's made in China and other kinds of places. And we have people that uh, were pretty good at saying they were doctors and they weren't giving out those prescriptions. And you've got 
and all of a sudden now CVS, Walgreens, everybody are going to pay this, was it $10 billion together or something? First of all, how, mu- how much of that, if any, gets down to some poor guy who died of over- heroin overdose two years ago? How do, you, how do you even participate in something like that? How does that even work? Or, or do the, the lawyers take half and then uh, everybody else, never, the money just sits there? I mean, what, do you, what even happens? Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, perplexing if it gets the kindest word because um, none of these dollar amounts really translate to alleviating anybody's suffering. I mean, any of the people that you and I might know or any sufferings we could imagine, the money doesn't do anything. First of all, it, it isn't big enough an award for the, the real damage that's been done here. I mean, if you, you think about the people who have you know, been suicidal and have been wiped out financially and maybe they're still alive, but it, the, the damage amounts here are completely absurd. As, as big as they may be for a CVS or a Walgreens or some other middle person in this chain, it doesn't at all equate to what's really been perpetrated on people. So that's my first observation. Plus, I think it doesn't correct anything that's wrong in the system. Maybe that's even worse in some ways, because it just means that the next time around something horrendous gets unleashed on people and is abused, and that the people who created the problem just walk away completely scot-free. Well, I, I don't... Uh, I mean, I, anybody who's... I think sits for a second, and I'm not going to say people that are smarter, intelligent, or whatever. I think pretty much anybody who would sit down for even a couple hours, if you gave them the background on what's going on here, and the numbers, and the people involved, and the damages, and what's happening, there isn't there isn't anybody. It's it's like a jury. You could you could take the the person that you you would never think could be a good juror. Everybody's going to say this makes no sense. You know I mean, this is. I mean, I, I don't I don't get the the, the, lia, the liability here uh law enforcement is nowhere that anything that happens here should be should be criminal to me i mean yeah. and, and what we're just giving a bunch of law firms money how does that solve anything i'll tell you tim yeah the thing you know you can say what you want about the big you know pharmaceutical distributors like a cvs or a walgreens and their you know complicity or involvement in this but my own experience has been that um, in my family's case, it was a, a pharmacist. It was, this is back when they were independent pharmacists, but the pharmacist in, in my mother's case had a, a much greater care over my mother's condition and worries about her oversubscribing to some of the medications she was on, much more so than any of her doctors. And she, she was insulin dependent since the time I was in college. With the, the family pharmacist, you know, you saw him a lot more often than you saw the doctor. And they knew what was, you know, going on with these people, the prescriptions they filled. And I used to go up and, you know, get prescriptions refilled, those whole arsenal. And when I'd come back and, you know, give them to her, and then I'd go up there again a couple weeks later. And and finally the pharmacist said, what is your mother doing with this stuff? She's taking way too much of this thing. It was Xanax or, you know, some mood elevator thing. He said, she shouldn't be taking that kind of money. If she's out of it, then she needs a refill here. She's really... Was, Was she living with you? He told me this. I mean, was she living with you? I'm she not needed to fill this today for you. Maybe she needed the mood elevator because you were there. Maybe you know, <laughs> I, I could bring anybody down. I'm sure, <laughs> even my loved ones. Okay, I don't. But, I don't think so. Know, he, he said, you know, make it. Just tell her I, I didn't have any of it, and you know, I'll get it in. He said, I, you got to slow her down on this and, and watch her because uh, you know, this 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 could be real trouble. And my my mother, you know, 
was very bent out of shape when she found out he didn't have any of this stuff and he should have to wait for it. And that's what I kind of had a deal intervention with her about it and talked to her about what she was doing and you know if her doctors had said anything about this and you know it finally kind of brought me around and her around but I'd, I'd be waiting a long time for a doctor to confront a family member about it they didn't care they, they wrote the prescriptions and they didn't see what you were doing on an everyday you know basis and when you saw that person in their office you could mask the symptoms maybe or maybe they just caught you on a good day they wouldn't even know that anything was wrong so I, I am grateful to the, to the you know, retail pharmacists who at one time maybe, maybe they don't anymore, but they did care about what people were doing and they were more interested in correcting you know, and foreseeing problems than maybe the medical profession was. So I, I don't think that you know, targeting the vendors of this stuff or the ones filling the prescription has any effect other than just protecting the, the real guilty parties here. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know where if, if you take it, as, you know, obviously, this is very sensitive to me because of of our industry. And I'll just give you as I as I have this edge to this to myself here. In in our industry, the latest is from our genius regulators. I mean, I think it really is something, John. With the the law enforcement people, the people we pay to do these things, don't want to do their job. They they force right. it down the train. Well, here's now the latest is we know virtually everybody in this country. I mean, if you're doing any kind of business, you're an LLC, you're a limited partnership, or you're in a, or in a corporation, right? I mean, uh, now, I can go to the state of Illinois, and I can put people's names in a corporation and say, you and me and Andrew, and we'll let Lou in there with us. We're going to form a corporation, Stacks and Jacks. We already have Stacks and Jacks Corp., but some other thing. So St- Stacks and God knows what else uh, Corp., and we can put five people's uh, names down there, and, uh, and we're all going to be 20% shareholders or partners or whatever. State of Illinois looks at an issue of, of not the license, but your whatever you call it, your, your certificate of incorporation or partnership. And they, and they, to be honest, they don't do squat. Okay, so that that group, we can go out and buy cars, we can go out and buy booze, <laughs> we can go out and buy whatever we damn well please. We can rent a place, we can we can rent a you know four floors of a big office building. We can buy furniture, we can hire people, we can do all this stuff. The geniuses now in in my industry have decided if, if that thing wants to open up a trading account at PTI, we have to research every one of the partners to make sure they're not on an Interpol list, to make sure they're not... God knows what we have to do. Uh, but what, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing here? Well, why is that your responsibility? That, that, well, that, duh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, I mean that, but this, it's the same thing with, this, with, with you know, the way the medical profession... Is able to dodge its you know culpability in this, and the drug manufacturers can dodge culpability. We're going after the wrong people. Well, I mean, I, I get the part where if I'm a pharmacist, be it a big firm or whatever, and all of a sudden on a Tuesday I get 25 prescriptions from from Doctor Andrew, all for oxycodone. I'm going to say, hey, wait a minute. It looks to me like somebody stole Doctor Andrew's prescription tablet and just writing these things. I mean, I mean there, there's some part of common sense that if I get a new client and all of a sudden the guy goes, "Wait, do you see our new partner? Some guy, <laughs> some guy who's in in jail in the you know, the Yucatan or someplace?" Uh, well, I, you would hope that I would have the common sense and say, "Wait a minute, I'm not so sure we want this account." You know, matter of fact, I know we don't. I mean, you, there, there's a certain amount of common sense, but how how that becomes necessarily my job to research it, I don't know. And, and I and I don't know the the. Uh, 
when, when is it the common sense for the pharmacist to say, I think I better call Dr. Andrew before I, I do any more of these prescriptions and make sure this is him. There, there's some semblance of common sense that I'm not saying we all used to think we have or whatever. There, there's something in there. But now whether or not those four prescriptions before I cut it, if somebody goes out and dies on those things, that's my responsibility. I don't see why it would be, to be honest with you. I mean, where, where's laws? I, I guarantee you this. If I called the police and said, boy, I've gotten 15 prescriptions from Dr. Andrew, they're going to say, what are you calling me for? Right. The state's attorney will tell you the same thing. Yeah, I mean, so they've, they've, they've abdicated on any... I, mean, I, I don't even understand the playing field now. I honestly don't. And, I'm, you know, I, I should by this time. I mean, who, whose responsibility is it to do what? If, if, if you have a... I know from banking people and some people in the securities industry, if somebody breaks into the Flanagan house and sitting on top of your computer is your Schwab account number and your password, and you go in there... And, and you say the, the, the wire 20 grand, uh, they probably won't do a third party transfer, but maybe they'll wire it to your, they'll certainly wire it to your bank account, which is okay, but some, pay, some places will do third, wire, third party transfers without office, authentication. Uh, really? But, but not, not so much anymore because they've been oh. abused, but still, you, c- you could do that. You, could, you can go to a, if your phone gets hacked and somebody takes your Embro or Bimbo or whatever, whatever the different cash transfer things, and, and, and goes to the bank and transfers it to somebody else, even though it's your phone and it's been compromised, people want their money back from the bank. Why? I mean, what did, what did the bank do? I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, this whole thing is getting like really, really weird to me. It's, it's you know, it's optics alone, Tom. If you can find somebody in a lawsuit and get a jury, you know, that will you know, villainize defendant X Y Z because they're the only defendant you care to go against, and you got a host of ills that could be pinned on a much more important and much more much wealthier people up the food chain here, but you don't go after them. But it's easy to get you know these kinds of, of you know, jury awards and you know settlement agreements, but the wrong people. Maybe you know I'm not saying they're completely blameless in all of this, but they're clearly not having anything to do with a meaningful stopping. Of further abuses of this stuff, and if, you, if you, they really wanted to send a signal about you know what we can do, and, and if we really wanted to alleviate you know the su- sufferings of future people, we wouldn't be going after the people we're going after. Well, I mean, it's all about just making it look like somebody is minding the sore, but all all it's doing is giving a pass to the people who are who are clearly unable and unwilling to really change anything. But how do how do people essentially change the law into into just money. I mean, uh, the law firm, I'm not, not going to blame the lawyers, but the law firm, I'm not going to blame them yet, I'm going to blame them. They go after these companies and they get this huge settlement. I'm, I'm sure that whatever the law firms were, you know, fronted the money for this for 10 years. So it's not like, you know, it was easy for them. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that the, whoever the, the people who are supposed to be getting this dough, they didn't pay these attorneys. I'm sure it was all, it, it was all, what do you call it, when they go out on a limb and, and do the thing for a, uh, What's the word when a law firm takes a case with no cash and when they a take a retainer or, or, or not a retainer, not the, a retainer. The other side. Take a, a yeah. So, I mean, I, but when at the end of the day, if if this is really true, I'm sure they, without admitting or denying, that one of those BS things. At the end of the day, there's there's crimes here. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, when when you when you have uh, um, you know, when somebody has a settlement for like antitrust or even if you get one of those things out for price fixing 
the law says it's a felony. You're supposed to go to jail. How, how do we? How if, if this is really true? How does the government or somebody not say, "Wow, who are all these people that did all this? And who wrote all these prescriptions? Who did they get them to? How many people are dead? What, what's the deal? How how does somebody not get get in the slammer for this? How is it just money? Well, the, the people who are really, I would say, the, the culpable parties have successfully shielded themselves. And, you know, and it, this it, it's just there's a mindset now where you can't go after these people, which which to me is, you know, this is symptomatic of what's happening with the reluctance to, for, for the medical profession to speak out about side effects from, the, you know, the various COVID vaccines because they know they're... You know, license will be pulled. It won't be anybody. You know, nobody. Pfizer isn't going to go out of business. They're not going to, you know, s- submit to anything that requires them to change any of their behavior here. They may have to pay, you know, some kind of hush money or you know, a, a settlement they prefer not making. But but there's no deterrent effect here whatsoever. And I'll tell you, Tom, it, it's going to continue in things like the puberty blockers that are being prescribed now. Rampantly, for you know, for people with you know transgender issues or, or sex change, you know, procedures. When you got stuff like you know, transitioning from one gender to another that can run up a six hundred thousand dollar medical bill, you think the doctors are going to say, "Gee, we have to be more careful about when we do this." No, they're going to they're going to get people like Biden and everybody else in creation to push this stuff so hard. It's going to seem perfectly natural. And how, how did we ever get by without having these procedures 100 years ago? It's going to turn it into another carnival of drugs that are bad for people and causing all sorts of psychological and physical damage. And nobody in that arena either is going to be punished in an effective way that will really prevent you know, or cure any of the sufferings that people are undergoing. So it, as bad as the, you know, the OxyContin and the opioid thing is, um, I think we're, just, we're seeing an onslaught of something even more damaging long-term for our birth rates and everything else, where we have no idea of the damage that we're doing. And the people who are making the money off of it are immunized in the, in the legal profession, really, from ever really doing anything that's going to get them a significant slap on a wrist. So they're, they're just encouraged to do this. Well, I don't, I, this uh, I, don't, I don't get it. How, can we get, and I'm not going to say, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, whether you you know, you're a Biden supporter, Trump supporter, or you're like me, hoping we get somebody that's not one of those two. Uh, no matter, no matter who you are, who, who's going to have, you know, and I'll use the term, who's going to have the balls that if it turns out, and I hope, God, to hope that some of our people aren't right, if it turns out that there's a problem with some of the uh, vaccines, and it turns out people knew about it. And and sold it anyway. If I mean, or or anything like that. Okay, anything like that. If that were to happen, I who's going to have the balls to take the Pfizer board out in handcuffs, find them personally, say you can never sit on a board again, and throw the top four people in the firm in jail for like twenty years? Who's going to have the stones to do that? Anybody? No, certainly nobody in the media. You, you heard about this recent piece in the Atlantic by Emily Oster. You know, calling for an amnesty about the pandemic. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't know what we were really doing. We were in the dark, like everybody else. And you know, we pushed, you know, isolation and it was close the schools and you know, masking and you know, putting all the elderly in the same nursing homes. None of this stuff has ever really been accounted for. Nobody's even admitted to doing anything wrong. And now they're saying we want an amnesty. And 
I don't want to use the South African recipe for truth and reconciliation, where you go back into history to dig up all the graves of the people who harmed you. But a lot of these people have have skated by so badly with behaving awfully. As, as I don't, I don't see how the least they should be is driven out of town. You know, if you don't want to kill them, I don't. But I don't have. Stop them from I mean, we have practicing what they're doing. I mean, if, if I have a you know a, a guy who doesn't pay attention to his trading back when I was on the trading floor and had a bunch of people trading for me. I, I, I got to, it's not like they're a bad person, but I, I don't want them trading for me anymore. I mean, it's, doesn't mean I don't want to, you know, I won't not play softball with them or have a beer with them, but I just, for some reason, you can't concentrate on what the hell you're doing and you, you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, it's simple as that. At the, at the very least, I mean, I, I'm just a guy that the Center of Disease Control and all these other places, I've, I've paid you guys for 50 years to watch out for something just like this and oh by the way you blew it well I just I'm going to get some new people it's it's not I'm going to string you up or anything like that or or flog you in the town square I just I'm going to get some new people you, you had your chance and you blew it why, why? At, least, at least fire them from yeah. their jobs yeah. and not like a Fauci or a Deborah Burks all these people who are completely out of touch and out of reach by any kind of controlling you know, arm in their profession and they, they get you know decades to yeah. peddle their junk, and at least don't pay them. <laughs> at least well, that's right. Reduce their pension. I mean, or, I, you know, do something to censure them, and so that their bad advice doesn't get followed by some somebody down the food chain here, or somebody who's in medical school now and reading the kind of garbage that's been published about this stuff, and and not reading this stuff that has been prevented from being published. That's even worse. I mean, you got this all through the sciences, but but what's happening in medical profession now, I think, is scandalous. Oh, sure it is. you got a, com- a complete distortion of the kind well, what, of scientific method that's well, what, supposed to prevent horrible stuff like this from happening. Well, one lady told me that, that she got a, a, a uh, letter from the Illinois, whatever, AMA or whatever the hell they are, uh, and, and if she started talking against the, the vaccine, she was going to lose her license. This happened to, to Peter McCullough, you know, who's been you know, one, of the, one of the saner voices in this, you know, the, the whole mess. And he's being completely deplatformed as a medical professional with any credentials at all. He's going to be stripped from his ability to make a living anymore just because he's going against the narrative that has been pushed. And it, when they have to start silencing people, Tom, oh, yeah. you, know, the, you know, this is kind of a rule of evidence. You know, if it's contrary to your narrative and, and you, you know, want not to come out, it's presumed to be true. All right, we only have a minute, John. So all the uh, counter-narrative that isn't being permitted to appear in scientific journals, with just a few exceptions, indicates to me that they are deathly afraid of just how badly they have... Oh, it's going to come back on it. Well, let's just, hope, let's just hope that none of what we're hearing is true. But, hey, a quick question. We only have less than a minute. Uh, the Fed announcement yesterday, we've already gone through that a hundred times, but a uh, quick question. If you go back years and years and years... You never see the Fed make a big move at a, at a November meeting a week before the election. What does that tell you? Are they, are they, do they care about one side or the other? Does this Powell turn in the market around yesterday? Does he want a Republican? I mean, what, what, why, why didn't they stand down until next month like they always have before? I mean, I don't know. You're right, Tom. And I mean, what Lou said earlier that this is perhaps a sign that they're, you know, detaching themselves from Biden or throwing in the towel about him. Or that there's something much worse that's going to get lost in the shuffle before we're through here, and it doesn't really matter what happens in the election. Um, but but I, I can't remember such lack of regard for the effect this would have 
on a whole slew of pretty important races. Yeah. And, and, you know, they must know that the people are armed enough with enough anger about the way things are going that they don't really care where the political fallout happens. That That isn't something that they're working very hard to distill or to control in some ways. That, but that is frightening to me. Yeah, it really is. That lack of regard. John, talk at you. By the way, I uh, missed you again last night. How did that sack drawer rearrangement come out? <laughs> it's getting there, Tom. It's getting there. <laughs> we we could have used you a couple of attorneys. Uh, it was fun. Uh, and, uh, the judge was there. Uh, he's doing good for himself, better than he was. So it was on maybe next week. But SP futures down 40, NASDAQ down 141. No good news in the market. Back tomorrow, stocks and jocks. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.